Shut up and sit down. Hey there and welcome to the Third Period Podcast, the show that takes you around the UK ice hockey leagues. Sponsored by Nuola for all your custom sportswear needs. Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of the Third Period Podcast. I'm Danny and tonight we have Ash. Ash, how are you? Very good, thank you Danny. Fantastic. We have Scott joining us as well. Scott, how are you? I'm all good, mate. <laughs> and we have Ross over in the cave. Ross, how are you? Yeah, I'm fine, thanks. And how about yourself, Danny? Yeah, coping with this second lockdown. Uh, not even a week into it and I already want to pull my hair out. Uh, let's move on then. So, tonight, we're going back a few years with this guest. Uh, played in Coventry for a season has since returned to the league with the, our very own, shall we say, bitter rivals, Sheffield. Uh, previously played in Greenville Road Warriors in the ECHL and also iced with the, I'm probably going to say it's wrong, Osdeen's Bulldogs in the Danish AL League. Uh, we welcome Marco Valoran. Marco, how are you this evening? I'm great. What about you guys? Yeah, all well, good, thanks. All good, yeah. All good. So what we normally do is we get the cliche question out of the way. Um, Everybody asks it and everybody wants to know. With ice hockey then, what's your first memory and how do you get about into it for yourself? First memory? I, You know what? I started quite late. I started, you know, back in Canada, kids start skating around. Well, they start playing hockey around four or five years old. And I started, I think I was six, maybe turning six seven it was quite late but I, I was I was doing uh I did like, like some figure skating my mom said uh, when I was a kid but I, I had my first memory would be just me being at the the hometown rink uh in those in those early morning practices so we're talking like 6 a.m you know and just I uh, just can't remember going there with uh with my grandpa my dad and my mom and uh, uh the smell of the rink in the morning and like all the parents not even woke up yet so yeah that would be my my first probably my first memory about hockey on the ice for sure <laughs> I can say I can relate to the early morning starts so I've got family out in Canada and I visited them yeah. about three four years ago and my cousin place and I was there early morning Timmy's in one hand ice like this in the morning just like can't see anything but as soon as you smell that ice and that Zamboni you, you're awake you're ready to go <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> So, Marco, you played with the Greenville Road Warriors for two seasons, uh, yep. icing 129 games, 58 goals and 50 assists over the two seasons, and you averaged just under a point a game. During those spells in the second year, you had two different stints in the AHL uh, with the Bridgeport Sound Tigers and the Rockford, Rockford Icehawks. What was it like getting called up to the, uh, the AHL, and how was it like playing there? You know, I, my first experience was... was tough and and before that was really frustrating because as a as a rookie my first year in the east coast um i scored 28 goals and as a rookie i was leading i was leading the league um so you know you you uh you see all those people uh on your team getting called up and like at 21 years old i was probably one of the youngest on the team and i get my shot so that year was very frustrating and then again my second year started uh started to do really well again 
Um, and it was again, really getting frustrated, but uh, frustrating, sorry. But um, I finally got the call. Uh, my first call up was, uh, you know, it's, it's all about timing being in the NHL and trying to keep your spot there. And I really don't think my, my first stint in the, uh, in the A was, was uh, in my favor. I was, uh, we were on the road. We, so I was playing in South Carolina. We were heading North and I was supposed to play in Kalamazoo that, uh, that night. Uh, my family was driving from Quebec to Kalamazoo that night uh, because we had uh, a few, we had two or three games up North. So they drove about six, seven hours to, to come see those games. And uh, after the morning skate on the Friday, if I remember correctly, uh, my coach calls me in about 12 o'clock after uh, just right before uh, pregame lunch. And uh, he says, you're getting called up to uh, the Bridgeport. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> Now, now I'm in, uh, I'm in Kalamazoo. I have to drive to Bridgeport and I'm playing that night. Uh, Bridgeport is in New York. So I, they call me a taxi cab, a taxi limousine, whatever they call it. And uh, I hop on that. I get, I get to their rink. The game was at seven 30. Uh, but by the way, right before I get to the hotel, uh, meet, meet my mom uh, that just got there. And I'm like, Hey guys, change the plans. You're driving back North for another four or five hours. Um, so they, uh, they left right away to, towards Bridgeport and uh, I had to, to go back to the rink, gather my stuff, uh, uh, get to my room, pack, up, pack, uh, all my, my, uh, my suitcase again. So I get, uh, I get to Bridgeport. I think it was, it might've been 6.50 if it's not mm. seven o'clock for 7.30 PM game. But remember now it's your first stint. You got to you got to see the doctors, you got to meet the coach, you obviously all the players are like welcoming you. So by the time I'm done all that, um, it's about, it's about the, the warm up was, let's say the warm up was at 730. Um, I, I was, I was trying to get ready. It was 725. I had five minutes to get, to get uh, dressed and go on the ice. So I remember jumping late on the ice for warm up not even knowing who I'm playing with, which line I'm playing with. So I get in the warm up and I'm just so confused and it's overwhelming too. And, and all the stress and, and being nervous for, for uh, that kind of, that kind of, uh, for, for that first, first call up, you know? And so, uh, yeah, I, 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 I ended up realizing in the warm up that I'm playing on the first line with, uh, with two of their best players in Bridgeport. Uh, so oh, now wow. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm getting, I'm getting a little bit more nervous, you know, because now I'm saying, oh, this is my shot, you know, I gotta, gotta, gotta go for it. And I, I played a decent game, you know, I, I tried to avoid mistakes and I didn't play the way I would, I would have played normally. I was just trying to play simple and avoid all that traveling and all, uh, all being nervous. I didn't want to be that guy that just turns the puck over and just trying to do too much. So yeah. stayed there for, uh, for one game. And then the next night, um, the next night. Uh, I played again, but uh, for somehow I went from the first line to the fourth line, and uh, that was it for my first call up. And um, funny stories. So now my team's still under my East Coast team is still in. Uh, they're still on their road trip, so I joined them, practiced with them uh, the next morning. After that practice, my coach calls me and he's like, "Hey, you're getting called up again now to to uh, Rockford." So that was my second call up, and that one that one ran really well. The, it was better. Well, it was it was more organized. Like I I got there, I had like a three or four practices before my first game, and 
uh, I did play really well, and I think I stayed over a month, uh, four to six weeks over there. Um, I had a fair shot, um, but at the end, you know, uh, it was the end of the season, and all their 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 prospects that didn't make the playoffs in juniors were were getting called up. So we, they had, I think, uh, two first rounders and a second rounder that that uh, were done their junior, and and uh, obviously were getting called up to the A. So the the coach made a made a, made a deal with uh, with my coach in the East Coast that as, as soon as I uh, wouldn't be able to to crack the lineup anymore, he would have to send me back. So I got sent back down, and uh, the rest is history from there. I suppose uh, your little two game stint probably helped you in your, your next stint because you got the nervous energy out of the way, and you probably paid those those forced six weeks of. Without the uh, the nerves as such, because this is a big game. Um, what what was it like playing in front of um, AHL crowds? Because when we watch it on TV, it seems it can be a bit of a an empty empty rinks at certain times, and because obviously the the players are up and down. Is there like a a passionate fan base? Or... Yeah, there is actually. You know, there's uh, in Rockford when I was there. Um... For the time we were there, we had the uh, jersey auction, and there was uh, there was kind of a, a lot of fans staying after the games to to uh, buy the jerseys of the players. So um, yeah, there, there is there is more movement, but again, the the fact that you're seeing prospects that that are are, um, are growing up and, and trying to make it to the NHL uh, yeah. makes it really makes it really good, and, and uh, some of some of the fans love that and. And you know, if if you if you're a hockey fan and uh, and uh, you have an AHL team in your in your uh, in your seat, and why, and why wouldn't you go? Because just because there's uh, ups and downs a little bit more, you know, they're yeah. they're they're may, may, might not be attached to uh, uh, as as um, they might not get uh, attached as uh, as quickly or as uh, as hard as uh, in in uh, in Europe, I'd say. Uh, where players stay stay longer on some teams, but um, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's at the end of the day, it's it's really good hockey. And I heard that uh, sometimes the AHL, the, the 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 level is even a little bit even quicker and, and higher than the NHL because all the guys are are trying to make that step. Brilliant. So, uh, Valley, you uh, returned the th- for a third season with the Warriors in twelve and thirteen season. Uh, again, getting called up to the AHL Norfolk Admirals and then moving over to Denmark to join the Adinsk Bulldogs. How does a call come about uh, when you join a team in Europe? Uh, you you want to know about my experience? My first experience? Yeah, just um, how does like it come about when you go to, like you're, you're in America, North America, yeah. and then you um, get... So see that there's there's uh, I think the best way is is to get an agent, but uh, you know not any agent is the right agent. You know um, I'm working with uh, my agent Michael Latchenberger, who's from uh, Germany, who I met through a friend that uh, I played hockey with in the summer back home, and he used to take care of uh, some some big names and of of the Quebec major junior hockey uh, league. Um, but before that, I was working with, uh, I worked with two or three other agents and it wasn't, it just wasn't the right fit. So my first stint in, uh, in Europe, you know, I, I was trying to make, because I didn't have the, 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 the I didn't have the, the, 
the prestige of, of a player who's going to pull out, you know, a big contract in Europe that's going to make a lot of money to a big agent, right? So I was trying to find, a, uh, like I said, the perfect fit for me uh, as an agent, um, but um, that didn't turn out really well. Um, the, 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 the agent, so I, I try, I use this, this website that was called sports contract um, that uh, a lot of people that don't, a lot of players that don't have agents are, are, are using. And uh, so I use that, but then I got, it's a long story, but to make it short, I kind of got screwed by me trying to push a certain deal and then not having an agent, someone jumped in, in my deal that I was negotiating myself at the last minute to take a cut of that deal, which I found out later. So, you know, there's, there's a lot of people that are trying to make a, a buck out of other players trying to, to move from America to, to Europe. So that's why you got to be very careful as a player. And, and that's why I said, you got to find the right fit as an agent. Yeah, that's it. Does, um, does talking of agents, do they um, make much money? Do they, when you sign for different clubs and that? It's a it's a percentage of your contract, so I won't I won't go to uh, much details. But uh, when you sign a contract, they they get a um, a percentage out of your deal. So you sign X amount of money, they get a certain they they get X percentage of that of that deal. There's also something that players should know, and I think most of us know, but uh, there's still some younger players that are trying to move that that don't quite know this. But some agents will do what we call the double dipping. So they'll take a cut from the player and they'll take a cut from the team because in North America, it's the player that pays the agent with, and, and in Europe, it's the team that pays the agent. But some players don't know that they get to Europe. They think it's normal to pay their agent. So they'll pay their agent and the team's going to pay uh, also the agent. So, but you know, if, if you get a fair agent, he's only going to take his cut from, uh, from the, from the team. Wow, wow! It's definitely learn new things every day. Um, on that yeah. time with Dents in Denmark, um, obviously said it weren't the best experience to start with, but nine games, nine points, and then you return back to the Warriors to see out the season. How come you went back there? Was that deal straight away on the cards because you've been there and you've done it for them? Uh, uh, why? Why did I go back to Greenville? Uh, yes, yeah. All right. So again, behind the curtains, what what? the reason why I, I had to stay in Greenville, it, you know, I don't get me wrong. I loved it there. The organization was fantastic. The only problem with the East coast and I don't, I'm not, I don't know if it's still the same thing today, but um, the problem with the East coast back then, and I think it's the same now after every season, the team can protect nine players. So they put, I think it's nine. I'm not sure of the number, but they can protect a certain amount of players that, have to stay on that team. So obviously the coach protects the players that he wants to keep, but not only that, if let's say I was, I was in Greenville, our affiliate was uh, the New York Rangers, every player that's on the New York Ranger contract will, will have to come to Greenville if he gets sent down to these coast anyway. So the coach can protect X amount of players and, but don't, doesn't have to protect any players that's on their contract from the AHL or from the NHL, which leaves pretty much 90% of the team um, available to, to, to put on their, 
they it's I think they even they even can uh, give you a qualify qualifying offer if I'm not mistaken but um so they can protect you and so when I went back to Denmark um I was not long there enough uh to be able to move from Greenville so I had to go back in East Coast at at Greenville I could have asked for a trade but like I said I love the team there I love the organization and uh, you know at that point in my career I was I was not trying to to make it to the next next level anymore I was just trying to to get back to North America have some fun and and restart from there to uh, to try to go to Europe somewhere else Fair enough and uh go to Europe you did uh following season the team initially calls calls you um you asked 34 times for them grabbing 32 goals and 25 assists um was that something that you had on your mind then? you mentioned obviously you tried Europe you've gone back and you wanted to try again was Europe always a destination you wanted to try and break into then um yeah there, there was obviously some some uh some 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 leagues that I wanted to get to, but again, with my resume, it was some most of the places, and and not having the right agent at the moment uh, was a little bit tough on me. So um, I, I came to Italy thinking it's a good uh, it's a good entry to other leagues because uh, right here we're next right next to uh, Austria, which has the EBL league, which is called the sports betting league now, if I'm not mistaken, and then really close also to Germany, the DL DL two. Mm. Uh, also really close to Switzerland, so I thought, you know, it's a it's a nice it's a nice entry to be close to a lot of teams, and uh, which which in Denmark I thought, you know, um, the spotlight is might not be as much as uh, as present as uh, being uh, uh, in the Central Europe. Oh, so Valley then uh, after the year in Italy, you return back to Canada to ice with the Thetford Mons. Ashrankia, if that's how you pronounce it, and then played three games in Switzerland with the HC Lascia di Fons, playing three games, but ultimately returned to Italy the following season. Was this always the intention, or was it just the right opportunity for you? Um, yes. Yeah, so, so after my season in Italy, I had uh, the reason why I played in North America again, and in, in that uh, North that LNAH league which is a tougher league back home uh, is because I said no to two offers that on the table, which uh, didn't suit me. And um, so I couldn't find anything else for a while. And then uh, Switzerland came up, uh, which I was really pumped about. Uh, and I went there. It was, uh, it was a good time. Then I went back to Italy, but this time I went to the Ebel league, which where it, uh, which is where I was trying to get at the fir- at the the very the very first time I came to um, to Europe, so uh, it was no doubt for me that I was going back. Uh, I was going back to to Bolzano, which is literally five minutes away from uh, Epan, where I am now and where I was uh, two years before that. With the um, Eval League, just jumping in, um, what is that in terms of standards compared to like the Italian League, the Eval? The elite league. Where does that sit in the the nest of European hockey? The EBL and the IHL is probably the the two the two best leagues in Europe. I played in um, uh, the 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 only thing with the IHL is a bit it's a bit older. Um, you get more players that uh, that are looking to end their careers, and uh, with that school program, it it, it attracts those those guys. Uh, but the EBL is a bit younger. You get a lot of AHL guys going there, so the the, the caliber is it's close to a, to AHL, obviously, without the 
um, the deeper, uh, you know, th th those third and fourth lines on a team are, are not as deep as an AHL team, obviously, but the, the first two lines, first three lines sometimes are, are just quite as good. I thought so anyway. Um, but uh, the, the, um, yeah, the, the caliber in uh, Ebel is really good. But again, it, it's, it's really tough to compare leagues in Europe because it all depends on how many imports you have, right? So um, I know in Swiss B or Swiss A, it's, it's, it's uh, two and four imports. Um, here we got two. In the IHL, it's close to, it was close to 14. Uh, the DL is close to over 10 for sure, 12, 14 maybe also. Um, and the Ebel had that many as well, uh, which they cut down to eight, if I'm not mistaken, in the last year or so. So it's, it's tough to compare teams, but I guess the, the Champions League uh, is the best way to, to see where the, the league stands at because you get the top teams of every league they're playing. So it's a good way to, to measure those, uh, those leagues. But again, it's, it's tough to say because, again, the number of imports make, uh, make a big difference. So obviously then you moved to the Coventry, uh, Coventry Blaze in the Elite League. Uh, we obviously finished eighth that season and we went out in the playoff quarterfinals. I remember towards the end of the season, you got into an altercation with Kevin Phillips. There was a fight that happened. Yeah. I, I actually remember standing behind the glass screaming no because I thought this is going to end badly. Uh, you, you have an injury to your hand. We were all hoping you come back. What what was the issue and were you hoping to actually compete in the playoffs that we just missed out on getting to the final four? Yeah, that's that's uh, that was a tough blow. Um, I I got I got into a fight with this with this guy. You know, it, it was at this point of the year where I've just had enough of of, uh, of getting getting cross checked in front of the net, and you know, teams were were starting to be more careful of me. Um, so I just had enough, and I decided to. And it's it's just a bad luck. I think I I broke my hands. Um, hmm. I broke my hands. I think it was falling on the ice. And I, I just thought it was dislocated. I, I came, so I went to the penalty box and I looked at my hand and my knuckle was dropped. So I was like, oh shit, my finger's dislocated. So I called the doc, went outside the box, went to the locker room. I just said to the doc, just pull it. It's dislocated, just put it back in place. So she's like, ah, Valley, I think it's broken. And I remember it being like, no, 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 no. So pull it, it's gonna go back in place and, and we'll be okay. She pulled it and it pops out and she's like, oh, Maybe it was, and then she let go of my finger, and then it dropped down again. So she was like, "Nah, oh. I think it's broken." So uh, yeah, that was a tough blow. Um, yeah, it's 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 one of those that you know you can't control. Going back for sure, I would have never dropped the glove. It's not my job, and I've learned it the hard way. Uh, that time. Yeah. Going away from the stuff you can't control, the stuff you could control on the ice um, that season, 34 goals, 31 assists, top points score on the team with 65 points. Was there ever any talks for you to return to Coventry the following season? Um, at this point, at this point, no. Um, I, want, I actually wanted out of uh, the EIHL. At that point, um, after that season, I've just had enough of, uh, of that schedule and then I don't know, the ref, the rest blew my mind also, but uh, I remember doing a lot of comments on, on the refer the referees, which uh, I thought this year the the level uh, went up. To be fair, 
Um, but at that point in my uh, in my career, I just I just had enough of that uh, two games two games a night. Where in Europe, you know, because you you gotta understand one thing: most of the players they leave they leave North America to to uh, make it easier on their bodies and 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 enjoy life a bit more and have that lighter schedule. But in the UK, it's tough, man. It's uh, it's Saturday nights and uh, Sunday evenings. All year, uh, we've we've been lucky enough this year to have a break, which which felt really good. Uh, but usually, it's 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 those back-to-back -back games for uh, for I don't know 33 weeks or something. So it's tough to uh, it's tough on the body and mentally, it's really hard. So um, at that point, um, I know I, I'm gonna I'm gonna say right now that the, even the Steelers contacted me uh, back then. Uh, but I was not interested. I just said uh, they, they, they did put a lot of money on the table, uh, but I, I just said enough. I, I just wanted to go somewhere where um, I'd uh, enjoy life a bit more and, and have those, those that regular uh, European schedule that you usually have, you know, that, that Thursday and, and Saturday game or a Tuesday and a Saturday game, which gives you break and, and brings the quality of the game so much higher because you don't have that 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 travel uh, in your legs, you don't have the lack of sleep. Um, so so I I just had enough of, of that schedule. So coming back to Sheffield this year, I knew I was coming I was coming back to that. So mentally, I was I was prepared and and my my training was a bit different uh, also during the summer. With obviously you've touched on coming back to Sheffield and coming back to the British game. What obviously you you got your head round that you were coming back to that league and that setup. What changed for you when you came back to league? Because obviously you said the officiating in your head improved. And we all know when you were coming back, because let's be honest, you're the social media darling. You play the game with everyone. Everyone bites. Yeah. I'll be the first to admit, when you said you come back to the elite league, I texted the guys. I was like, he's back at plays. I'm getting a Valley shirt. Then you turned up in Sheffield. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I had a little bit of fun with that. And I knew some people wouldn't be happy, but. Uh, it's one of those things that you know I've I've had a lot of shit on that on Twitter uh, as much as I got love, uh, but I, I I'm not I'm not complaining. It's part of the game, and uh, as soon as I started playing that kind of that kind of game on on the social media, I knew where I, that I was heading. So, um, and I guess it's I, I was I was getting I was giving shit by by some uh, Blaze fan and and some of the, uh, even around the league fans. But um, I guess it, it comes from 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 a, a deeper love, you know. They they wished I was they wished I was on their team. They wish I was I was coming back to the Blaze or even uh, to to other teams in the EHL. So you just got to take it uh, with a grain of salt. But um, you know, it's it's it, at the end of the day, um, my time in Covent Cree was was great and and. I just I just had a way better offer and living situation in Sheffield that that uh, the Steelers put on the table and and the work uh, Michael my agent did with uh, with Aaron Fox and um, and Tony Smith the owner um, you know everything added up and uh, I remember being in Austria and and having those phone calls and those talks with with Tony and uh, and Foxy and they just they just wanted me there. You know, no matter what, they just they just wanted me there. So it was at the end of the day, it was an easy decision uh, for me to uh, to to sign in Sheffield. Um, how was the the league in Austria? Was that how did that move come about as well? Was that purely 
you had enough of your elite league, it was a good financial incentive for yourself. Uh, and then just go there and just see what happened. Yeah, well, uh, you know, uh, financially it was good. Um, and the schedule was lighter. And it was a very offensive league. So uh, obviously a lot of a lot of fun for an offensive player. Um, and again, uh, you know, I, I, when I find somewhere, I like to look at the overall picture, living situation, uh, the lifestyle, uh, the coaching staff, uh, the players on the team. And, you know, in, in Austria, it looked like a solid locker room, which they had uh, a lot of veteran guys that have been there for a while. So, you know, that's going to be a solid group. The coach uh, was uh, had a lot of success in the in Switzerland, which is is a league. Obviously, uh, I, I, I would go back to in a heartbeat. Um, and uh, yeah, it was just again everything f fell into place. And uh, the, the, my time there was incredible. The the owner, the coach, uh, everybody welcomed me with open arms. And and you know, I just feel like as a goal scorer, especially a goal scorer, when when you take that those uh, those that pressure off uh, outside the rink, then you just come to the rink and do your thing. Then it, it just makes life so much easier and, and your job so much easier to, to just come at the rink and focus on the hockey. So, so um, your first but game back for the Sheffield Steelers in Coventry, I think the the refs that you don't like actually helped you out because I reckon the, the puck was frozen. But you <laughs> uh, you score a goal and you give it to you give it to the Blaze fans and. Um, I actually remember you and DeLuca coming in the casino after two two Cheshire cats with grins, the Bash brothers walking in. And I was like, the little kit's in here, smiling away. He's just scored a goal. And I actually said to you, I went, Oh, what was your celebration about? And you just didn't care. You were just like, I was getting shit. So, you know, I thought I'd give some back. Um, so, I mean, how was it? How was it scoring in the skydive? And I bet you bet you do it all over again. Yeah, you know, I I posted something on on Instagram that night where I was I was warming up, and uh, I was warming up outside our room and and I was with my trainer and this lady came to me and she started giving it to me, and she called me a few words that I won't even say on on uh, on your podcast, but it's just that, those kind of things that that fired me up and then I you know in the warm up. I heard my name with the, with a few other words and, you know, so, you know, like I said earlier, when you, when you start playing a game with someone, it, it, it goes both ways. So I'm, I was not going to just stand there and, and just take it, you know, I had to, I had to give it back. And uh, for me, it was an important game. Uh, always looking, you know, that, 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 that schedule in the UK is different, which every game is important. It's like a playoff. It's like a playoff game because the, the season winners is uh, is the winner. So um, I was just fired up, and uh, you know, at the end of the day, when when that 60-minute buzzer comes, um, you know, you didn't mention it, but I did go around and took my time to applaud all the crowd and 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 make sure everybody that that uh, that didn't didn't give me shit and 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 then were cheering for me somehow. Uh, I tried to make eye contact and and uh, and and give give some love back to to these people. But uh, like I said, at the end of the buzzer, you know, my 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 uh, my point of view is we all become friends again, and that's why I came to the casino. I mean, I played there for a year. I know I know a few players. Um, there's a lot of people that uh, in my stunt there. They they help me out. Um, 
outside outside the hockey uh, rink. So um, I can mention a few names, but uh, I'm too scared. I'm gonna forget some. So um, I went to to uh, I went to the to the casino to say hi, grab a drink, and uh, just to make sure that you know the, the these people knew that they're, they're still you know even I'm I'm in the position when that buzzer when that buzzer sounds is a 16 mark 16th mark then we're all friends again. I'll make a I'll make a deal with you, Valley. If you if you win the next time you play in the Skydome, I'll buy you a drink. If you lose, you can buy me a drink. All right, sounds good to me then. There's no <laughs> way I won't lose. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so uh, yeah, no, echoing from what you just said there, Valley, it's, it's a very good point. We had Kevin Noble on an episode with us a few weeks ago, and he said exactly the same. On the ice. You know, you could be going hal and lever against an opposition, but off the ice, you could be the best mates ever. Uh, he always had a few run-ins with uh, Andrew Lord when he played. And he said, weirdly enough, this summer just gone. So last year, um, he was in contact with Lordy trying to sort out some players for him as a kind of like agent. So uh, that kind of echoes what you say. Once that buzzer goes, that's it. it. All is forgotten off the ice, a totally different person. So it's good to hear, obviously, that everybody like, follows that same kind of rule to an essence. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and when you're younger, you don't really realize it because you, you've been into so many teams and especially mm. me beginning my career, you know, I played four years for Quebec, Ramp, the Quebec Ramparts and then straight to the East Coast where, where I played four years. So I wasn't playing on the opposition team where I got traded and I knew these guys from the outside. Mm. Uh, so I realized that a little bit later in my career, but you do realize that, you know, you'll be on the other team and all these guys would be your friends. So, you know, when we're on the ice, the puck drops. Now it's, it's, uh, you do everything for, for the team you're playing for, for, uh, for the city, for your, the, the, the fans, the, the logo, yeah. the organization. But when that, when that buzzer sounds, then, you know, it's game over and, and we're, uh, we're, we're humans. So uh, there's no point of, of holding grudges and, and being, uh, being a bad uh, bad guy out there. <laughs> <laughs> no, fair enough. So touching on your time with Steelers, we've kind of covered it off, but we'll we'll cover it off in a, a short span. Good start to the season for you all, you personally as well. Um, then comes that Challenge Cup game against the Devils. Yeah, so obviously it's always hosted in their arena. What was it like beating them to win that on their own pad? Good feeling? Hi. You know, I like I. Uh, you've probably seen the interview. It was my first time winning a championship, so that was great. Um, but you know, you, you talked about you talked about um, being in in their rink. I, I, you know, yes, we were in their in their building, but I didn't feel that that we were in their rink because uh, the the support we got from our fans is just incredible. Mm. We uh, there was so many Steelers fans, and actually, I I I didn't realize it. Um, before the game, I just thought, you know, it's going to be, you know, I didn't think it'd be split, you know, 50-50. So uh, just just seeing seeing all the, the, the Orange Army out there was, was amazing. And all the support they gave us is, I felt at some point they were even louder than uh, than the, the Cardiff fans. So, um, congr- like, uh, I tip my, my, my hat off to them. And um, it was it was an amazing experience for me to, uh, to win a, a trophy. Uh, it's always a nice feeling, isn't it, to win one. One thing we did notice from a Blaze perspective, obviously, Christmas, New Year, we obviously re- we have an issue where we replaced uh, Netminder, Phillips, with CJ. Uh, he comes in. We go on a bit of a run. At that same time, Steelers are flying high. Devils are up there. Belfast seem to be hovering around. And we just obviously seem to gain momentum. From 
an opposition's perspective, so from where you were, you know, at the top of the pile at that time of year, were you cautious of all the teams that were chasing you or was it much, very much, we play our own game, we'll, we'll deal with it when it comes to them? You know, at some point you just, you just get focused on, because we talked again earlier on about what you can control and, and it's, it's one of the things you can control. So if a team goes on a 10 win streak, then you just got to follow, you just got to try and do your best to, to, to get on 11 game winning streak, you know? So at some point I remember just like all the whole team is, we were on another level of hockey. Like you said, we, we just came to the rink and everybody was just, just, it's not like we were focused, but we were, we were at the same time. We just, everybody knew their job. Everybody came at the rink. We went on the ice. We knew what we had to do to win. And we just went and, and do it. So um, obviously you do look at the standings and you do see that the, the, the plays are, are, are catching fire and the, the devils are not stopping and Belfast is up and down and up again. So, but again, if you start focusing on that and hoping that these team will lose, then you're not doing your job. Yeah. I, I just feel that you uh, you have to to look yourself in the mirror as a team and, and just push and just make the best out of you know, the situation. Yeah. The other thing that we noticed from our perspective, obviously, looking at the league, uh, it was getting very tight towards the end. Obviously, I think you guys, just before the league announced them, they were no longer going to continue with the rest of the season. I think you dropped a couple of points here or there. Devils are kind of just, they were pipping you or just about to pip you. And then we were a couple of points in it. And I think we were due to play both of you. So we could have well been in the running if the results had gone our way. Was there something happening off the ice or, or, we, or did you take your foot off the gas because you you know, you know had such a lead at one point? What was the reasoning behind that? Because like I say, you ran away with it for, for a few weeks at one point and then all of a sudden it just seemed to get really tight really quick. No, yeah, you're right. Uh, we just we just lost, uh, like I said, we, we had that focus and we kind of lost it at some point. We dropped games that... Uh, that we sh- we dropped we just started dropping like that one game I remember maybe it was it in uh, in Guildford and then all of a sudden the 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 atmosphere in the locker room and and the focus switches to oh shit w- we might have screwed up our season here you know what I mean mm. so then you try to refocus to uh, to the the the, the 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 mood you were in before that that's that uh, that game and then you play a little bit more nervous and then uh, the things follow up. And then I think that's just what happened. You know, we, we started, we started losing game in, in a single period. I remember we lost, we lost to Guilford twice in a, in a single period. We, uh, we gave him, I think four goals in the first and the other game, four goals in the second or something. And um, yeah, we, uh, we just started losing those games in a, in a quick lapse of time, but the rest of the game we were dominating, we just couldn't come back. So like I said, it's it's a it's a tight schedule and and every game is important, so that's why it becomes maybe a little harder. Yeah. Um, yeah. So um, obviously this season there's uh, no elite league uh, currently. Uh, Sheffield seem to be on the cards again. However, you've returned to Italy with uh, Epen Apiano. Easy choice as you'd played there previously. Um, it, yes, obviously it was my choice. Um, uh, I, I always make decisions for myself, but, uh, it, to be fair, it was, it was a really tough market, um, after the, cause we didn't, you know, when, when, when teams were shopping around to, to, uh, to get their teams on paper, um, me and my agent were looking because we, we were, uh, we were going to Sheffield, right? So, um, 
a lot of spots uh, got filled. And then uh, when the EIHL announced that uh, we weren't going, then it, it left uh, it left the players in Sheffield that were signed with with the trouble of trying to find a new place with teams that already have their their rosters. So um, you know, my agent again, Michael makes some made some 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 great work. Um, he worked he worked double time um, this this summer for me and a few guys that I know. And uh, he found uh, actually I got a I got a text from the coach here Patrice um, that uh, was kind of joking uh, like he, he signed near and it was like oh it would be good to have you back you know and he was joking around and I was like well. <laughs> Uh, what if what if you you can have me back and then we started we started uh, talking with Michael and uh, we ended up uh, we ended up having a, a deal here. Ah, oh, so we definitely earned his keep then for you. <laughs> <laughs> talking about obviously moving over, well moving back to Italy for this campaign. Um, you've gone with a teammate. Um, shocked it weren't Deluca to be fair. You seem to be attached <laughs> to the hip, but you've gone over with uh, Dowdy. Who made the yeah. first move, you or Robert Dowd? It's a funny story because uh, he, he did, but I had the deal in front of me for a week or so. I was just, you know, I, I just had this this thing where I was like, ah, I don't want to go there alone or with someone because at, at first the deal here was we would split an apartment. And, you know, a year can be long if you split uh, an apartment same kitchen and it's a, a tiny place with someone that you don't really know or really don't appreciate so we were trying to find a, another player that would come with me and um, so you know a few things happen behind the scenes next thing you know uh, Dowdy's name comes up and I'm like man a perfect fit so <laughs> I send that to uh, I, I tell my agent get on it you know I call Dowdy he's like yeah like two minutes in the conversation yeah i'm in so i was at the gym at that time i remember and uh i didn't have much shingles so i i, I get out of the 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 gym and my agent i missed a few calls and and uh i see on the messages he sent me yeah dowdy just signed like we're just waiting for you <laughs> so i was like oh well that went quick and and uh, i think it was like 3 a.m in uh in uh, in the UK, so um, yeah, that was that was that was quick, and I, I was really thrilled to uh, to know that I was going with uh, with a guy as as great as, as Dowdy. Brilliant. Um, talking about Dowdy, since you're in close proximity with him now, what's the chance of getting him to join us for a recording? <laughs> Can you be an agent for us? <laughs> um, you know, now he's not available at the minute, but uh, I'll I'll uh, I'll put in a good word for you guys if the podcast sounds good. Brilliant, thank you, Valley. <laughs> just before we get to the end of the the, the podcast, um, I just want to ask you your thoughts on. Obviously, you had the issues with the elite league when you played in the Blaze, and you ha- and then you obviously you played in Sheffield last year. Has it improved for you? We obviously you re-signed back, so. You must have seen some sort of improvements for you for you to be coming back. Yeah, um, like I said, the the uh, and again, I, I will not stress enough. My time in Coventry was fabulous. Uh, coaching staff, organization, everyone there was fantastic to me. Um, but again, I, I was I'm, I made the decision uh, to come back to Sheffield based on on where I'm standing right now, and I just I, I was just out of Sheffield, so um, you know what what. This year was again incredible, you know, playing in front of, of uh, a full Fly DSA arena, um, six 
six, 7,000 found on average every game. Um, it, it just doesn't get any better than this in, uh, in Europe. I mean, there's, there's what only 20 teams that can top that in, uh, in the whole Europe. Yeah. So, um, you know, at the end of the day, it's, it's an easy decision where financially uh, they meet, they meet my, my standards. Um, the, um, the city, the people, the fans are, are just uh, in love with me as much as I'm in love with them. So, and the coaching staff, the, 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 the owners, the, everyone around the arena from top to bottom is just is super nice to me. So, you know, at the end of the day, there's no question of, of why, uh, why not. I would, uh, I would just go, go back there. Well, as much as we hate to admit as a place runs, they are, they are a big club. They do have a massive fan base. So uh, mm-hmm. I don't blame you in certain respects. Right. So we'll quickly move on. Um, <laughs> we asked all our previous guests this question. Uh, what is the all-time top six you've played alongside? Or played against, if you want to add. But we, we always ask for one D, two, one goalkeeper, two D and three forwards. Well, I, first of all, I, I would have to put uh, Cons because... Uh, the chemistry—it's just the chemistry we have. Yeah. And uh, you don't, you don't, you don't have that uh, much often, and it's just—it's just something that we we connect on the ice, off the ice, and uh, we just we just know where we're gonna be, where how we play, and and there's never never um, a hint of of, of uh, you know that little fire that you can have with another player where you know things get rough and you get a little you get a little pissed. We just don't never get that. We're we're always, you know, on our backs and helping out each other. Um, so I would have to put him. Uh Jonathan Marsh, so I played with juniors, plays with the Golden Knights now, obviously. Nice. Um I seen that earlier. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, there there's a there's a few players that that almost made it to the NHL. Um uh a I can think of uh Kevin Marshall was really really good in juniors and uh played in the AHL for a while I even I think he played a few games in the show um goalie wise Louis Domingue which which is a a regular uh backup and played uh, as a starter a few games in the NHL uh Cam Talbot was in Greenville for a while oh um then who else? The man that I played alongside with in Greenville. There was a few, you know, that 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 Rangers organization was was uh, was really deep. Um, it's tough to say. There's a lot of good players, but these these are the first names that come out come up yeah. to me right now. Okay, fair yeah. enough. Good little shout out there. <laughs> One more question for me that I've got, Marco, before we kind of wrap everything up then. Um, Obviously, during the AHL days, uh, you obviously had that stint with Rockford for a bit. Uh, Andrew Shaw played there, didn't he? At that same time? Was he he playing games when you played? I think he was in the... uh, I think he was was, uh, in Chicago when I got called up to Rockford. Oh, really? So he was just making that kind of... Yeah. If uh, I'm not mistaken, he was in Chicago. Yeah, because I was looking at all your stats earlier while I was kind of getting everything together and I noticed his name and I thought, hmm, I wonder if they did play together. Because I know you only played a handful of games with them, but okay. Yeah. 
Well, there's a, there's, there was a few good guys there. Uh, yeah. Card, you know, Carter Hodden as a goalie, you know, that's he was really, really good. Um, also, also there was Brendan Peary that we've seen with the Golden Knights that had a really good stint. And uh, while we had uh, Radislav Olesh that played in the show for a few years. Mm. Um, yeah. So, yeah, there's, there you go. There's a lot of guys that, uh, that can make that list. Yeah, you've yeah. Been around some big names there, which is uh, always good to hear. Obviously, for your CV, you can always just say it. I played with this guy. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that's everything that I've got. I'll just go around and ask everybody else. Uh, Scott, have we got any more from you? It was nice to actually see uh, a bit more of a, a serious marker because obviously, <laughs> social media, you are yeah. the life and soul of the party. But it was nice to actually feel like uh, get to know the real Marco and. Uh, is it, I just want to say, is there anything you want to say to the Elite League fans going back to social media, Marco? Is there anything you want to bring us for the next season? Well, you know, just, just hang in there. I know it's tough. Um, and, and trust me, I know because that, uh, that, that, that time where, um, where I was home, sitting home and not just wondering what I was going to do and not finding a team for myself was... Uh, it's really tough on myself, so I know I know I know how it can be on on people and and not being able to go out um, and and enjoy hockey what they they love to see and and do the the things they like. But we'll be back. So uh, yeah, we'll, we'll be back. You know, it's it's uh, hanging there. It's 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 going to be in a, in a few months, but uh, we'll have hockey at some point in the UK. At some point in the UK and. Um, I'm uh, really happy to be part of it and, and get, get, get it started again and, and get the fans involved because it's, it's something to play hockey, but it's another thing to be able to do it uh, in, a, in a packed Slidiesa arena. <laughs> That's it. Ross, have we got any more from you? Uh, no, just want to thank you for your time. It's very much appreciated. Oh, thanks for having me, guys. Really appreciate it. No problems. Ash, have we got any more questions from yourself? You seem like you've got something. <laughs> One question, and it's a straightforward yes-no answer. Okay. Is Sheffield versus Nottingham the biggest rivalry in the Elite League? Yes. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> what, uh, is, there, is there another option to that question? What do you think is the biggest, uh, um, the biggest uh, It's more the rivalry. fact it, it's push so much that it's the biggest rivalry the biggest rivalry constantly but in my opinion is it I think both clubs have got bigger rivals across the whole season I think sometimes the games between the two clubs are pumped up too much be you know being part of it I don't think so you know you just realize the thing is um they both both of those teams have big stadiums, right? Big arenas. Yeah. So it just helps. It just really helps building that that rivalry because there's so many people cheering, and then it's the it's it's they say it's the, it's the happening uh, of the weekend. So um, people get to the rink and they fill out the arenas. So um, it, it might be a thing of just being you know having big rings too. But uh, beyond the ice, you know, when when we play. When we play these teams, you definitely know like that the, the fans are, are they you know they they're usually you know standardly quiet, but you know in those games they're a little bit more uh, 
more agitated. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, one question I've just thought of myself while you were just saying that, and it, it dawned on me, because um, I think you've mentioned this in passing conversation before. Why number 88? <laughs> to be fair, it, it, it hasn't. I had, there's no history behind it. Um, I came into Europe, uh, you know, I, to be fair, in the East Coast, when I played in the East Coast, they told me, choose a, a number between uh, 1 and 30. That, like, they printed the jersey already, so everybody had to pick between 1 and 30. So when I came to Europe, I was like, hey, I, I want a big number. I want to go out <laughs> of that range, you know. So I wanted 89 because it's my birth year, and then um, – Somebody had it, and I was just sitting there like, what am I doing? <laughs> no. And, you know, to be fair, the eight, the two eights makes it big, fits, fits my big name nicely <laughs> on those two eights. So, I don't know. It's just, I just like, uh, I like that number related to Patrick Kane or uh, Eric Lindros, as I like to call. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I don't know. There's, no, there's not, much, uh, not much story behind it. No, no, I think I remember you saying in an interview somewhere that Lindros was a, a was a number that eighty eight, and that kind of stuck with you when you had the option. So uh, I do remember <laughs> hearing something like that. But no, thank you for that, Marco. It, it's been an absolute pleasure. And like Scott said, we'll echo it. You know, it's good to see the real real Marco when we've had a conversation. With, you know, the social media side is funny. I actually find what you do absolutely hilarious, but that's just me. Um, <laughs> I know others get agitated, but that's because they're all snowflakes. But hey ho! Um, so yeah. thank you everybody for joining us for this week's episode of the Fear Period Podcast. Uh, echoing again what Marco said, we hope to see you all in a nice drink in the near future, watching some hockey. So everyone, one last little thing we'd like to say uh, before we close out the interview. Valorant has just set up a Twitch account, uh, which is twitch.tv forward slash Valleytown. Go give it a follow um, for upcoming streams and podcast-like content. Thanks for listening to the Third Period Podcast. We hope you enjoyed the show. If you've got anything you want to say to us, find us on Facebook. Maybe join in the next episode. As always, check out Nuola for all your custom sportswear needs. Come <laughs> on!